Law of One Session 70. We haven't talked about the higher self in ages, so let's talk about it. In the last session, we finally cover everything that we needed to know about the psychic attack, which will continue throughout the rest of the raw material. But I think those were the crucial points where it really intensified with that attack that they did on Carla while she was doing a conscious channeling. So it took us a couple of sessions, I think four videos talking about all of this. And there's going to be some questions about psychic attack now, but that's going to bring us to something even more interesting, which is the higher self. It's a really neat concept that I hope to start hammering home today. And it's going to transfer into the next video, the next part of this session. So we're going to start with the session without knowing much uh, or needing to know anything from the last session other than the psychic attack, which is um, what we have been covering. So I won't give a, uh, a summary of that, but rather just say that uh, there's going to be one or two questions relevant to that. Now, I'm going to cover half of the session in this video, and the other half is going to be in the next video. So two videos for session 70. Let's begin right away with the first question that I usually omit, but there is some information that may be relevant. So in the first question, Don says, could you please give me an indication of the condition of the instrument? To which Ra responds, we are gratified to say that it is as previously stated. And Don says, why do you say you're gratified to say that? And Ra explains that we say this due to a sense of gratitude at the elements which have enabled this instrument to maintain against great odds, its vital energy at normal vibratory strength. As long as this complex of energies is satisfactory, we may use the instrument without depletion, regardless of the distortions previously mentioned. So, yeah, it's a strange um, answer, I guess, to get when we know that so far Carla has had a depleted physical energy and her vital energies are so-so. Um, so I guess what Ra was trying to say here is that, well, you know, we're just glad that, you know, her vital energies are normal and um, they're, they're pretty good for the contact. And that means that um, she's not deteriorating. So um, they have a a great sense of gratitude, a great sense. I'm sorry, I'm putting words on raw. They have a sense of gratitude at the elements which have enabled this instrument to maintain against great odds. So that's the key point, I guess, you know, she's been under heavy attack and her physical energies are always being affected and that her vital energies are normal, basically. So, they're, they're happy that they can use her energies without depleting her, regardless of all the issues previously mentioned. So, yeah, it's, um, that's about it. 
So I wanted to include that. Now, Don is going to question further into the psychic attack and say, the instrument has complained of intensive psychic attack for the past diurnal period, approximately. Is there a reason for the intensification of this at this time? To which Ross says, as classic as they are, yes, there is a reason for that. <laughs> Don says, can you tell me what this reason is, please? Ra explains, the cause is that, I'll repeat, the cast, the cause, all right, I can read, I promise. The cause is that with which you are intimately involved. The cause is that with which you are intimately involved. Uh, that's better. That is, the cause is the intensive seeking for what you may call enlightenment. This seeking upon your parts has not abated, but intensified. In the general case, pain, as you can call this distortion, and the various exaggerations of this distortion by psychic attack, would, after the depletion of physical complex energy, begin the depletion of vital energies. Well, that was... That was rough. That was a psychic attack, too. No, it was just me attacking the keyboard. <laughs> Um, okay, all is well, don't worry, everything's fine. Um, so the causes of this, the causes that with which you're intimately involved, that is enlightenment. They're seeking information for enlightenment, you see. Um, I often remind people that the highest degree of information that Ra could ever transmit to us was that which related to knowing the self and that's why when they finally got to the disciplines of the personality which is really what's important in all of this study uh, okay i'll cover my basis it's not that which is important but for the spiritual seeker the disciplines of the personality is the most important thing yes okay i feel happy with myself because people can you know, take the raw material and say, well, it's the pyramids that's important. That nonsense about spiritual evolution doesn't concern me. And guess what? They're right, because that's their truth. That's what they're seeking. That's what the creator is trying to do with the raw material. And that is fine. That is well. So, um, when they got to disciplines of the personality, when talking about the tarot, the archetypical mind, not reading your future type of tarot, um, that's when they got really happy. So knowing yourself is enlightenment. Knowing who you are is enlightenment, which is the most difficult thing for the ego to do because it requires its death, its dissolution, the constant identity with the mental activity that is uh, so ingrained in our collective psyche and individually of course we have grown as specific humans with um with an ignorance on who we are but yes that's how the intensive um attack was uh, warranted because they were seeking enlightenment and so they say this seeking upon your part has not abated but intensified so the more they seek it and through these mediums, I might add that through the medium of exposing yourself in service, like Carla did, and Don and Jim, of course, uh, yeah, they're going to 
they're exposing this, themselves in time space a lot because they're entering that that space of shared information so that will have its toll i suppose then yeah pain and the exaggerations of pain will increase um, and after the depletion of physical complex energy begin the depletion of vital energy which is what they were guarding before so they keep saying this instrument guards its vital energy due to previous errors upon its parts it's some conscious will which is prematurely or rather preternaturally strong for this density has put a ward upon this energy complex thus the orion visitor strives with more and more intensity to disturb this vital energy at this group as this group intensifies its dedication to service through enlightenment so let me just reread that because i'm reading terrible today this instrument guards its vital energy due to previous errors upon its part so carla has been learning its subconscious will which is preternaturally strong for this density has put a ward upon this energy complex so her subconscious will her desire to uh, focus her attention to this specific work or her specific work it wasn't just a raw material she was always um, devoted to the creator and she expressed that in every day of her life that was Carla um, so that subconscious will put a ward which is preternaturally I think preternaturally I'm not sure what it means let's look it up I think preternaturally means um, prior to being right prior to being born no beyond what could be natural okay yes that would be okay yeah it's not what i said good thing i looked it up so it's um in a preternatural manner or degree beyond that what could be natural okay yeah that satisfied my curiosity okay so yeah beyond this density it is way way beyond this density um that plays a a pretty good water in that energy on the vital energy thus the orion visitor strives with more and more intensity to disturb this vital energy as this group intensifies its dedication to service through enlightenment so the orion group is just let's well the orion visitor let's just keep annoying them because we can and these are the negative influences that we open ourselves to when we do such work so question five don says i have an extra little question that i want to throw in at this time is regressive hypnosis of an individual to reveal to them memories of previous incarnations a service or a disservice to them good question ross says we scan your query and find you shall apply the answer to your future this causes us to be concerned with the first distortion However, the query is also general and contains an opportunity for us to express a significant point. Therefore, we shall speak. Now, it's interesting, first of all, that Ra says, 
we scan and see that you have intentions to get this hypnosis or to work with this hypnosis, right? So we don't want to talk too much because that will guide you, that may guide you to make a decision based on what we said, if it's important or not. So yeah, they said we cannot say much because of the first distortion, free will and all that. But they said the question is general, so we may say something. And what did they say? Ra explains, there is an infinite range of possibility of service, disservice in the situation of time regression hypnosis, as you term this means of aiding memory. It has nothing to do with the hypnotist. It has only to do with the use which the entity so hypnotized makes of the information so gleaned. If the hypnotist desires to serve, and if such a service is performed only upon sincere request, the hypnotist is attempting to be of service. So, very general. There's not much that I can say here other than um, expand on what they already said. First, there's an infinite range of possibility of service and the service in the situation of time regression. Hypnosis, as you term this means of aiding memory, so hypnosis is a way in which the mind-body-spirit complex can look back at its previous um, experiences. Now, because we are humans, and this will actually aid a little bit into the understanding of higher self, you see, there is no past lives, just like there is no past days. Let me explain that. If you say that there are past lives, um, is as equal as saying there are past days. So I have had um, however thousands of days in your life so far. So all of those thousands of days are an incarnation into space-time, right? So when you say this, you're saying I have simply previous experiences. So these previous experiences can actually be seen now because of the development of the brain and the retention of the mind within the veil, you can only remember those things that you have lived since the development of your brain. And that's what we call the lifetime. But this brain is limited to this density, is limited to this understanding and actually can pierce a little bit the veil and have some uh, some remembrance of past lives, let's call it that, right? That's hypnosis or regressive hypnosis for past lives, reincarnation or previous incarnations rather. So that is a view of seeing that, yes, there is a validity to saying past lives, but you are everything that exists right now. Meaning that the configuration of your mind right now is due to every other experience, this mind-body-spirit complex which with which you identify with, right? That's the, that's the one that has all the, the, the memories. It's, um, it's a database. Carla used to call it soul stream. This is the 
recollection of all the experiences that make you who you are, physically and mentally, your inclinations, your biases. The creator is one and is looking through all these little windows called mind-body-spirit complexes, or I like to call it fractals, mind fractals. So the hypnotists will be able to be of service um, if it wants to do this service. I'll get to that. Let me not uh, get ahead because I want to explain a couple more things. So when you look back and you see previous lives, you're looking at previous information that is still guiding your life right here. This is why I have said that, and I continue to say, it's not necessary, okay? I'm not saying it's useless, but it's not necessary to go back to previous lives because um, everything that you, that you have, that you are, is being projected right now by you because you are a function of all these past experiences. Just like you can say quite accurately and it uh, transfers equally to the previous lives, you can say, well, all the experiences that I have had in my life, I accept and thanks to that I am who I am and I'm happy. I'm happy with who I am. Well, all of that is making you be what you are right now, those experiences. In the same way, your past lives, your past incarnations or experiences simply in other, uh, in other bodies, in space-time, all of this is within you and it's being projected right now. So the true moment is now. I believe in the Seth material, they say something about past lives. Uh, I think Seth says something. I didn't read the books, by the way, so don't ask me questions, please. <laughs> I just know this from uh, research. Let's call it that. <laughs> uh, Seth says something like, you see um, a bunch of lives. I see just one life. You see one incarnation. You um, you see all of these as separate portions, which kind of makes sense because the human mind likes to segment things. You know, in space-time, we like to chop things into categories, and so it's okay to see it that way. Um, we should be glad that the mind doesn't do this with days or weeks or months, and we're still pretty obsessed with time, anyways. But you get the point. Now, going back to the service of hypnosis, Ross says that there is an infinite range of possibility, uh, possibility of service or the service in the situation of time regression hypnosis. Because, yeah, depending on what we see in our past experiences, we can use that for the enhancement of our, our current life, or we can do it, you know, and be more distorted. That's, uh, that's possible too. So it says, or Ross says, it has nothing to do with the hypnotist. It has only to do with the use which the entity so hypnotized makes the information, makes of the information so gleaned. And yeah, it depends on, on the person receiving the information as usual. Just like when you give information to people and they, um, you know, whatever they do with that information, that's that's their their work. 
it's not yours so you you can only provide information to people now if the hypnotist desires to serve and if such a service is performed only upon sincere requests very important you cannot perform something that you're not being requested so don't abridge free will is what ron is saying if you want to be of service of course service to others the hypnotist is attempting to be of service so yep um if the hypnotist simply desires to serve and it's asked then one the hypnotist will be of service and if the service is actually helpful uh or not it depends on the person receiving the information quite simple but i wanted to give the introduction to the perception that we what we call we there's a two part of this i there is the outward i which feels itself limited in evolution in a process and then there is and this one is sort of illusory because it's never there it's only a process and so this is what we call the separate self which is again it's not something that needs to be annihilated it's just something that needs to be regarded for what it is people have a lot of trouble with this um and i understand i truly understand this is not an easy thing to catch intuitively uh, it's something that you need to decondition your mind to see but okay so that is the the outward self and then there is the inner self which is our true self the one that is the one i don't even have to say anything the one the one self that which we all share together that's our connection the one self there is no other self that's why ra is so at the beginning confusing with all their uses of self other self self-oriented and so on so yes that's uh that's a that's a key um understanding if we want to get into the mystical side of the law of one we need to understand why there's only one self and there are very ways various ways i mean there's an infinite ways to see this from the perspective of the separate self there's only one way to see it when you go inward you see it's expressed even there we from our separate self perspective can see this in many ways none of them are finally true except the one that we can see without words or without thoughts for that matter so let's move on question six don says in the last session ross stated that the path back from six density negative time space revolves firstly about the higher self's reluctance to enter negative time space could you explain the higher self's position with respect to positive and negative time space and why it is so reluctant to enter negative time space that it is necessary for the mind-body-spirit complex to incarnate in negative space-time to find its path back? Ra explains, in brief, you have answered your own query. Please question further for more precise information. Actually, Don's question is um, it's a little wrong or confused because um, he says time space uh, wrong at the beginning I think it's right when it says the path back from six density negative time space that's correct uh, firstly about the higher self reluctance to enter negative time space now 
its reluctance is to enter space-time, not time-space. And so then he asks again, could you explain the higher self's position with respect to positive and negative time-space and why it is so reluctant to enter negative space-time? Again, wrong. Or, yeah, wrong. Wrong in the sense that it's supposed to be space-time. That it is necessary for the mind-body-spirit complex to incarnate in negative space-time. Now it's actually right. So it's, it's all convoluted. Um, but the question, I guess, is please tell me why the higher self is reluctant to enter space-time once it is positioned or the mind-body-spirit complex is positioned in time-space. And uh, Ra simply says that you have answered your own uh, question. I'm not sure how. Maybe I'm missing something. This is the path back from six times to negative times revolved firstly. Okay, could you explain the higher self's position with respect to positive and negative time space and why it is so reluctant to enter negative time space? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm missing this one. Because I feel that Don is asking why is the higher self reluctant? And Ra doesn't explain that. He just says, eh, you've answered your own query. Maybe because of the confused part of time space and uh, instead of space-time? I don't know. Well, in any case, we're in luck because <laughs> Don asks more specific now. And says, why is the higher self reluctant to enter negative time-space? Ra says, the higher self is reluctant to allow its mind-body-spirit complex to enter negative time-space for the same basic reason an entity of your societal complex would be reluctant to enter a prison. So, yeah, this is going to give me the, uh, the place in which to explain the higher self a little bit more. So, uh, I, I remember saying in the last session that I wasn't sure why would the higher self be reluctant to enter time-space. I'm confused again, like done to enter space-time, negative space-time. And here's my, my, my two cents on this. I see the mind-body-spirit complex as an analog for the physical body. This is just me, okay? Just my speculation to make some sense of this. And the, the higher self being the mind. Again, this is just for visualization. It's not really how it works, but you can see it this way. The mind is not fully um, realized, although it lives in that portion of non-duality, of no polarities. That's the law of one. And it knows its way back to itself, right? But it's still a mind. It's still a mind that wants to accomplish something. It's the mind of the mind-body-spirit complex. And so when it is misplaced, its body, the mind-body-spirit complex, the fractal mind, is misplaced or displaced. To its perspective, it's misplaced because it knows that the way back, the fastest way back to unity is through the positive path, which it has been on so far. So it moves into time-space, and now it's reluctant to enter space-time at the beginning because it says, well, this is going to take a long time. But then it realizes it's the only way, so I have to go for it. And then it incarnates in space-time. Uh, 
So that's why uh, Ross says that it's just like one of us reluctant to go to prison. But you see, we are reluctant to go to prison because we don't know. We simply know that it's going to incarcerate us. It's going to um, take our liberties away and all of this. And it just sucks. But a higher portion of ourselves actually knows that it's it's okay. It doesn't matter if we're there. We are not within the body. We are outside the body or deep inside the body, so deep that we share our being with everybody else. <laughs> so in the end, it's okay to be in prison or um, a concentration camp or whatever it is. Again, I'm not saying, you see how, I can see how people can um, misinterpret this, but I'm sorry, if you can't understand this, then maybe you're in the wrong place. Um, which I'm, I'm sure it's not you, but uh, often, especially in my Spanish audience, I get the um, confused thought of, you're saying it's okay to be in prison. You're saying it's okay for people to be in concentration camps. No, I'm not speaking from a human perspective. I'm saying from an overall perspective, it's okay to be anywhere because you are everything and everywhere. So that's what I mean. This is the portion of, to me, the totality beingness, the one that knows, and it doesn't matter what happens. It's beyond this, um, even the sense of unity. It's everything. So this is the one that feeds information to the higher self. Now, remember that we're not talking about different entities, separate entities, higher self, the uh, mind body spirit complex as a different point and we're, we're going to touch on that and then the total uh, totality being is as a separate thing too they're just different aspects again just like you can have a thought and a thought came from you it's an aspect of you but it's not uh, separate from you you see it doesn't have a life on its own so that's how you can see the higher self but we're going to amplify on this as we go on Question eight, Don says, what I am trying to understand here is more about the higher self and its relationship with the mind-body-spirit complex. Does the higher self have a sixth density mind-body-spirit complex that is a separate unit from the mind-body-spirit complex that is, in this case, displaced to negative time space? Ra says, this is correct. The higher self is the entity of mid-sixth density, which turning back, offers this service to itself, to its own self. I'm going to reread Don's question. He says, what I'm trying to understand here is more about the higher self and its relationship with the mind-body-spirit complex. Okay. Does the higher self have a six-density mind-body-spirit complex that is a separate unit from the mind-body-spirit complex that is, in this case, displaced to negative time space? A uh, bunch of words thrown in, I'll explain. Um, you know, there is... Um, the thing is that, yes, and that's why Ra talks about our time being linear. But imagine a jigsaw puzzle, where the higher self is the completion of that jigsaw puzzle. And the fragmented jigsaw puzzle 
is the same jigsaw puzzle but just in a different configuration it's not complete it's not harmonized so they're both the same and in our experience of course they look like two different things it's either one way or the other well the higher self and everything we're going to get into that with true sim simultaneity which is something that we'll talk about here and yes the higher self it has a mind-body-spirit complex that is properly configured, harmonized in sixth density. It's unified in its um, in its realization of oneness with everything. That is the mid-sixth density. They talk about mid-sixth density. So mid-sixth density must be fourth chakra. Meaning, remember, in every density, the incarnated mind-body-spirit complex including the higher self, uh, or actually the higher self being an aspect of everything. Uh, oh boy, this gets complicated to visualize. <laughs> All right, imagine that you have a body in each density. You have a body right here that has seven chakras. You have a body in fourth density that has seven chakras and so on. So your body in sixth density has uh, seven chakras. One of those chakras corresponds to... Um, the the higher self why look at what ross says the higher self is the entity of mid sixth density which turning back offers this service to itself uh, so mid sixth density what could it be well of course there is an evolution through the energy centers in each density so in this case the sub density of the heart chakra to me is uh, what is the higher self all loving so it has developed. Actually, I also think, and this is just an add-on here, the negative entity that graduates to sixth density can only be negative up until uh, its development of heart chakra in sixth density, because it cannot go beyond that. It cannot activate again uh, indigo ray without going through the heart chakra. My speculation, of course, but that's what Ross says. The negative entity in the early stages of sixth density is still negative. And it loses polarity once it reaches a certain point of development. To me, that's the higher self. So it reaches finally to its higher self and says, oh, it was all an illusion after all. And it has collected a lot of experience to that point, And that is helpful for everyone in the universe. So, yeah, that is the higher self. You see, now true simultaneity is going to play a role here. So... Let's get into that. So, question nine, Don says, I think I have an erroneous concept of the mind-body-spirit complex, for instance, that I represent here in this density and my higher self. The concept probably comes from my concept of space and time. I'm going to try to unscramble it. The way I see it right now is that I am existing in two different locations, here and in mid-sixth density simultaneously. Is this correct? Ra gives a fantastic answer here when it says you are existing at all level levels simultaneously. It is specifically correct that your higher self is you in mid-sixth density and in your way of measuring what you know as time, your higher self is yourself in your future. This is beautiful. Small paragraph. Very loaded with um, perspective. Uh, 
Here's the perspective. Don is saying, I exist here and over there too, right? Oh boy, this is beautiful. Yes, yes it is. First, let's look at the you that Ra is referring to here when they say, you are existing at all levels simultaneously. Is that you, the human? Is that you, the separate self? Uh, here's where um, some of the new age vocabulary can be um, wrongly interpreted and that's fine. I have nothing against it, but it can be wrongly interpreted into, well, I am everything, so I can manifest whatever I want. And it's, it's almost like trying to play God, which is only reserved for the negative beings. You see, for that, you have to manipulate things and people, mostly people, of course. Uh, but you see, the you that they are referring to here, you are existing at all levels simultaneously. It is not the you, egoic self, the separate self, the collection of memories, uh, the mind-body-spirit complex, none of that. They're talking to you as the one. But you see, the one has no qualities. So you cannot have qualities or uh, even manifest qualities because you are the one without qualities. Once you have a quality, you become a limited being. You are no longer the one. So that would not be you simultaneously living everywhere or existing everywhere. Um, this is a, a kind of you know cheeky way of saying you are the creator. Okay. Now Ross says it is specifically correct that your higher self is you in mid six density. In your way of measuring what you know as time, your higher self is yourself in your future. Let me put it this way. When I talk, when I speak, when I have questions, Ra talks about the magic personality and invoking your higher self here too. That means that is it your higher self coming from another dimension and materializing here? No, you're making contact with your higher self and allowing that intelligence, I call it higher intelligence, other than higher self. Because people think that entities or selves can be entities. When we talk about the self, we're only talking about one self. So when you as the creator have different selves, like other selves or higher self and so on, all of these are aspects of you, you the creator. So when you look at this from the perspective of I am everything and my higher self I can access at any time. I'm asking or I'm uh, I'm accessing higher intelligence. Oh, it's that it's that simple. But when I ask from separation, I'm asking from a different aspect of myself, which is valid, of course. It's a it's a way of experiencing uh, reality. So you are not your higher self there. The one who asks the question is not the higher self. It's almost like the higher self is playing a game where it forgets what it is. But again, it's not the higher self, it's the one self. So the question is asked by one aspect and it is answered by another aspect. We can call this the human form, the veiled entity, and this the higher intelligence, which is the higher self. 
but it's the same self. You see, when you ask your higher self, you're asking yourself. You're not asking anything outside. So that is a higher self. And that is you being at all levels simultaneously. I hope this makes sense because this is the, the key understanding that you are everything. Even you, the experiencing mind-body-spirit complex here, is everything. And it must know this. You must accept yourself as you are. Because this uh, perishable thing is an expression of all that there is. And that's you. So, um, love yourself. First, know yourself. Then, start loving yourself which is the same thing as saying accept yourself, disciplines of the personality. By this constant and repetitive act of accepting, loving yourself, you become the creator. Because once you love yourself as, as much as possible, you cannot believe how much you love yourself, everything becomes automatically lovable. Because remember, you are everything that is being projected out there. So if you love yourself so much, then everything that you see out there is going to be loved as well. So, uh, yes, the subtleties of simultaneity. Let's keep talking about that. Question 10, right there. Don says, am I correct in assuming that all of the mind-body-spirit complexes that exist in the levels below mid-sixth density have a higher self in mid-sixth density. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct. Don says, would an analogy for this situation be that the individual's higher self is manipulating to some extent, shall I say, the mind-body-spirit complex that is its analog, you might say, to move it through the lower densities of purposes of gaining experience, and then finally transferring that experience or amalgamating it, you might say, in mid-sixth density with the higher self. Ra explains that this is incorrect. The higher self does not manipulate its past selves. It protects when possible and guides when asked. But the force of free will is paramount. The seeming contradictions of determinism and free will melt when it is accepted that there is such a thing as true simultaneity. The higher self is the end result of all the development experienced by the mind-body-spirit complex to that point. That last phrase is important. The higher self is the end result of all development experienced by the mind-body-spirit complex to that point. So the mind-body-spirit complex is changing the higher self. The higher self being simply a roadmap to unity, back to unity. So you see why the higher self is simply a, an inherent aspect that all beings have and that they can tap into when their seeking actually goes into seeking of unity, of truth, of that which is the absolute self. So the higher self becomes inert when the mind-body-spirit complex is simply experiencing things. So it's not really inert, it's just that it's not being used. So it's constantly changing the map. It's almost like a GPS, if you will. Look at a GPS. The higher self is that GPS. 
and your destiny is your destiny is destiny to unity so if you keep rambling you know on your life you keep running around in circles and doing things it'll keep changing you know the course in which you know turn left turn right turn left turn right um it's basically what the the higher self is doing guiding you and so um remember there is free will which is paramount because listen i believe that negative entities do not pay attention to their higher self they become something that is that which is not as ross says so they become this uh, separate being that evolves through densities by manipulation uh, that is the strength of the negative entity it can actually become a separate thing for a moment within the manifestation of the universe because eventually this just becomes uh, unbearable or impossible rather it's almost like trying to reach uh, actually this is probably the best oh god so i never seen it this way Ooh, i love this you see how to reach light speed in our equations in space-time, we have to, um, we would become as massive as the universe. So we cannot accelerate, uh, as we approach uh, the speed of light, we approach a mass that has to uh, be equal to the mass of the universe. I think this is what's happening with sixth density. Of course, it's happening with the positive entity too, but the negative entity, sixth density, is approaching that light speed of spiritual light, if you want to call it. And eventually it needs to become everything in the universe. It needs to become one. So that's the last step it needs. It needs to get into unity. And for that, it needs to liberate all its potential difference with uh, its negative polarity. So it needs to liberate that and then it reaches non-duality. From that point is where it becomes one. So, yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful, beautiful way of seeing it. The higher self does not manipulate its past selves. That's because the higher self is just an intelligence, um, and it's uh, it's a little poetic for Rod to say it protects when possible and guides when asked, because it's the free will of the creator to simply say. I'm going to ask my higher self or I will, um, or it can protect, um, right? It protects when possible. I don't know when it's not possible. I suppose that's also part of uh, free will, but um, yeah, it protects when possible and guides when asked. Um, it, it, well, maybe when feasible, maybe possible feasible maybe a synonym there the way i'm i'm seeing it because see the higher self needs to allow the mind body spirit complex to go through certain experiences so one of the examples that is here in the raw material is uh, i believe it was general Patton uh who who died in a car accident and uh ross said that this was the higher self yes putting an end to his life because there wasn't anything else productive that he could do. He had done everything so far and he needed to reincarnate and he actually reincarnated again. So, yes, um, it protects when possible. So no protection there. It's not, it protects when feasible, when feasible for the development of, 
but you know if you need to burn yourself and if, if you need to get robbed if you need to get uh, I don't know attacked by somebody then you know that's your lesson that's okay it's uh, it won't protect you there but if you get into an accident for example and you know you you need to be preserved because you have that um, that direction that inertia of life then you will be protected so this is why no matter what happens the higher self is always looking up to you or looking out for you um, and that's because free will is paramount whatever we are doing here must be protected too the seeming contradictions of determinism that would be that we are um, it's a fatalist well it's a fatalist view also saying oh we're just a bunch of billiard balls bouncing around in the universe and this is just a coincidence and our actions you know it doesn't really matter what we do because everything is cause and effect and blah 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 that seeming contradiction that the universe seems to be this way and that free will is actually a thing that you can decide the destiny within the raw the raw material it's easy to understand this uh, this paradox because you see the the, the matrix of infinite potentials that is developed and then free will and so the laws the minor laws or ways as Ra called them are um, methods in which we can navigate this infinite potentially uh, infinite potentiality but reaching always one that would be the deterministic part that we are determined to become one is that so bad <laughs> uh that's actually not bad but it is the determinism you know you're not bound to be separate forever eventually all will collapse uh and collapse into singularity because there's only one self uh so all of this melts when it is accepted that there is such a thing as true simultaneity let me put it in a very practical example here as a human we exist everywhere right and we that is the you that is everywhere so this is the delicate point which i touch with um certain people that are are a little sensitive it's the word to let go of their separate self see because when i say that you don't need you really you the true you doesn't need to do all this uh, initiation and healing and um, chakra alignment and so on the whole the whole market uh, that exists out there which again I'm not saying you know people are doing it uh, for malicious reasons but I'm being honest you know in in Zen they would tell you there's nothing to teach you you're perfect go away you know but you insist there's something wrong with me please accept me there's something wrong with me accept me and you know the the roshi might say all right fine well you know just come in you know what do i do just just sit there <laughs> just sit there think about what you just did um but you're deluded you know with the idea that oh, i'm going to achieve enlightenment i'm going to achieve enlightenment i'm going to be this is the separate self-talking you see it's a progress you know i'm going through densities of consciousness i'm doing all of this and um i guess that's okay you know for certain people so i'm not bashing on that 
I'm only pointing out to the truth that from an absolute point of view, this is not needed because you already are perfect. That doesn't mean that I am perfect, so I will freeze myself like Walt Disney and because first, who is there to freeze? <laughs> um, second, why would you want to do that again? Have you reached enlightenment at that point because you said you're perfect? No, you're just accepting the perfection of your distortions. I think that's the key word. You are accepting the perfections of your distortions. People who are constantly doing spiritual work are not accepting the perfection of their distortions. So all they're doing is shuffling the cards over and over again to see if there is a right order. There is no right order. A deck of cards is always a deck of cards. It doesn't matter how shuffle it is. You can shuffle it infinite ways and it will always be a deck of cards. You are a deck of cards already, if that makes sense. So true simultaneity is that you are existing at all levels. There is no progress. There is the uh, appearance of progress. Why? For experience. So your apparent distortion, these are Ron's words, not mine. Uh, fantastic, fantastic, uh, probably my favorite question and answer of the whole uh, raw material, where it says that the balanced self, I'm just gonna paraphrase it. It says the, the, the balanced selves um, is, uh, is aware of, his, of its distortions, in its total perfection, something like that. Now I need to go check it out. See, this is this is what I have to do. It's just so beautiful. See, and this is this is what we should keep in mind all the time, especially when we get into the idea that we need to do spiritual work. We need to align this. We need to do the other. You see, it says the seeker seeks the one. This one is to be sought. Actually. I'm not going to butcher the whole um, answer. I'm just going to give my favorite part when it says, in the experiences of the myst mystical search for unity, time and space, that's in brackets, me saying it, because I know what they're, they're talking about here, time and space never need to be considered, for they are part of an illusory system. Time and space. See, there is no you separate from anything time and you need to have time and space for you to exist without time and space only the absolute self exists ah that's what they're saying in the mystical search for unity these need never be considered that that's time and space uh by the way this is session 57 question 33 for anybody who wants to look it up then they say the seeker seeks the one this one is to be sought as we have said by the balance and self-accepting self, aware both of its apparent distortion and its total perfection. That is the balanced self. A balanced self is not free from distortions. It has a lot of distortions. It is distortions. That's the only self that could be manifested. It needs to be distorted into something. So once you are aware of your apparent distortions and its total and your total perfection, that's now. That's right now, that's Satori, my friend. That is sudden enlightenment. What? I am perfect? Yes, and not perfect in the sense of a stereotype, 
No, you're perfect. You're beautiful as you are. Now, if this is still too strange to you, go in nature and tell me that one landscape is uh, imperfect and the other one is perfect. It's nonsense. A desert is imperfect because it doesn't have trees. The woods are imperfect because it doesn't have cactuses. Really? Is that how arbitrary we make uh, our distinctions of nature? No, we don't. Nature is perfect everywhere. But we do that against ourselves. We keep saying, this is not perfect. This is just rubbish. It needs to be polished. It needs to be uh, whatever. Work, work, work. I need to do all this work. That's okay. You know, people who want to do that, that's the experience of the creator. I'm not saying people shouldn't do this. I'm just saying that it's uh, it's not needed for you to be in harmony with yourself. And I think there is a lot of this, I'm not saying marketing. We all offer services for people to uh, who resonate with our work. But I think there is uh, too, much, too much emphasis in uh, energy healing and energy centers and all of this work. And all we're doing is again, shuffling the cards. It's okay. Okay, so I'm going to read one more question and we'll leave it at that. That's half of the session. Question 12. Don says, then what we're looking at is a long path of experience through the densities up to mid sixth density, which is a function totally of free will and results in the awareness of the higher self in mid sixth density. But since time is illusory and there is a, shall I say, unification of time and space or an eradication of what we think of as time, then all of this experience that results in the higher self, the cause of evolvement, evolvement uh, through the densities, is existing while the evolvement takes place since it's all simultaneous. Is this correct? I'm going to have to reread this. I don't know why I transitioned to my face. How much of Ra we have? Okay, it's a, it's a short answer. Let's reread it. What we're looking at is a long path of experience through the densities up to mid sixth density, which is a function totally of free will and results in the awareness of the higher self in mid sixth density. That sounds correct to me. But since time is illusory and there is a, shall I say, unification of time and space, or an eradication of what we think of as time, then all of this experience that results in the higher self, the cause of evolvement through the densities, is existing while the evolvement takes place, since all is simultaneous. This is correct? To me, it sounds correct. Uh, but let's, let's see what Ra said. Ra says, we refrain from speaking of correctness due to our understanding of the immense difficulty of absorbing the concept of metaphysical existence in time-space, which is precisely as much of your self as is space-time, all times are simultaneous. Just as in your geography, by uh, your cities and villages are all functioning, bustling and alive with entities going about their business at once, so it is in time-space with the self. Ah, well, this... Um I mean, I understand Ra doesn't want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just going to give you my distorted perception of what this is. So here's, here's the, the geography of the simultaneous self. That's so beautiful. My God, I love it. 
I call the fractal mind, the mind-body-spirit complex is a fractal mind, okay? Now, this is the highest expression of manifestation or separation that exists for the fractal mind, the mind-body-spirit complex. It's the maximum expression of separation. This is the waking state, okay? And we say time is passing. Time is illusory because it is a measure between events, okay? <clears throat> However, there is no uh, transition between events. There are simply events. Just like space is a measure between objects, but there is no true objects. There is only the perception of objects. Now, I don't want to get into this because it's, um, it's one of my beautiful ways of explaining how consciousness is all there is. Um, but you can see that as many ways. I Again, <laughs> I'm not going to get into this here because I will extend myself. But okay, time and space are not real. We just talked about that. Uh, I mentioned it as question 33 in session 57. So in the mystical search for unity, we go back we, or in. So as we go in, we go through the fractal mind, going back the mind body spirit complex to the different stages of, uh, of beingness. This is where people go to the astral planes and so on, because you can in, in the manifestation of the universe is not out there, it's inside here. So what we see outside is just a refraction of what we are inside. So as we go inside and we go through all of these layers and layers, eventually we get to the ultimate layer, the singularity of the self, which is the absolute self. We call this ever-present consciousness. And this ever-present consciousness is what we are. So higher self is between this singularity and well, it's actually very close to the singularity because it knows the way back to singularity. This is why meditation is the best way to communicate with higher self. So as you go back all the way in, you stay there, right? And you say, oh, so here there is no time and space. There is just pure consciousness. I can see it. This is uh, Samadhi. If you can stay there without thoughts and so on, which is quite difficult to do with our conditioned minds, but still, it's just a matter of practice and getting there and staying there. Um, this is the way in which you see, oh, yes, all things are happening simultaneously because even all my past lives are between this singularity and this maximum expression of separation, which is the mind-body-spirit complex and third density. So you see, all of it is happening at the same time. It's not the outside. The outside is just a reflection of what we're doing inside. And that's okay. We measure that as time here in, in the physical realm, which is okay. It's just for the experience of things happening and how to balance ourselves. This is why, again, balancing yourself, and I'm saying this in, in, in the sense of you accepting what you are. Let me put it this way. The best balance that you can do with yourself is accept yourself as you are. You don't need to do anything, you see? It's only when you think you're in balance that you need to do things and then you shuffle the cards. So um, the balanced self just sees perfection in everything. Everything is perfect. Everything is nature. There is no need to change or 
unbend this tree or uh, add more flowers here for whatever reason. Those, all of these are um, arbitrary. So, yes, this is um, this is how I see it. Rod didn't want to talk about it because yes, they say there's an immense difficulty of absorbing the concept of metaphysical existence, and mine is probably just a crude way of seeing it, uh, admittedly. So. Yeah, um, all times are simultaneous, just as your geography. It's a nice uh, metaphor, but I like mine too. But I like also that this is the end of the video and conclusions. Higher self, important to keep in mind because like I said, you see the higher self is that mind of the mind-body-spirit complex. Again, this is just my analogy. It's not the mind in the mind-body-spirit complex. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, you can see that the physical complex is the mind-body-spirit complex in evolution, whereas the higher self is that mind and the spirit is the total beingness in seven density. This is just my, my analogy. So you can see the higher self always as that resource in yourself present at all moments that sees in unity. If you train this, you will become a lot more, first, harvestable, because that is the purpose of this creation to be, uh, this illusion, this creation, third density, I mean, is to be harvested by, one, seeking the path of unity or separation, but I am not uh, uh, an acolyte of the negative path, so I can't help you there. I'm not sure how you go on manipulating. You have to contact Orion for that. And I don't, and I don't know the way, sorry. But in the positive path, you simply want to accept everything. Especially you, because you are the one projecting everything. So if you accept other people, it's gonna take you longer. First, accept yourself, because you are the one projecting everybody. When you accept yourself, it's so easy to accept, it's not easy, it's immediate to accept other people because you accept yourself with all your distortions. So you see other people and say, oh yeah, that's a tree, that's a flower, that's a vine, that's a, a squirrel, whatever. I'm just adding uh, some Sylvian uh, <laughs> uh, view to this, but you get my point. It's all about you accepting who you are right now. And that is using the higher self. The higher self is the one that is all loving. It's you, it's your higher intelligence. Now, yes, if you still have thoughts of separation, those you need to accept your, uh, as, as well. You don't need to reject them. They are part of you. And s some magic happens when you accept all those thoughts of separation. They start becoming more crystallized, as it were, and they become a means to an end. It's almost like, you see, when people, uh, there is a beauty when you hear people talk about uh, rehabilitation. I used to be in this deep place of, you know, uh, criminal activity and substance abuse and all of this. And now, you know, I just feel in harmony with myself. You say, wow, you see, I mean, is his path erased? No. All of these things are still present, but they have been crystallized and the person has accepted all his darkness, his apparent darkness. It wasn't a darkness. It was just distortions that needed to be accepted. 
So all of us, with all our imperfections, apparent imperfections, need to accept what it is. And that is accessing your higher self all the time. So again, this can be uh, explained in so many ways, but that's my way of explaining it. End of this session, first half of the session, I should say. We got to question 13. 13 is going to be the next one. Um, I am grateful, as usual, of course. I've, um, I have been working in different ways to um, provide my teaching, if I can even call it that. I don't even know if I should call it teaching, but just sharing my, uh, my ways of understanding reality, which is the direct path. That's the way in which I, I can absorb all of this. It's only what I have um, taken so far, what I have gathered so far in myself that I want to share. And that is all within the law of one and all within non-duality, which is my two uh, poetic views of reality. And with that, I can, I can talk about it from all different angles because I love it. So that's what I'm doing. But in any case, the direct path is my course that you can find in the description. You know that already. I'm just you know, going by inertia here. Aside from that, that's all we got for today. I love you, my other self. Thank you for projecting yourself in me in whichever way it is. Um, and that's it. We'll see each other in part two of session 70.